How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome in another edition of Stoppage Time, first of the regular season for Atlanta United in 2022. Sporting Kansas City visits the Bens on Sunday. And Mike, I'm just glad we got some games that start to count now. Yeah, I mean, it, in a way, it feels like this preseason just flew by. In a way, it feels like the offseason flew by. It was a very short offseason. Um, kind of. It went, no, I mean, for Portland and New York City, it was incredibly short. Oh, yeah. No, it was, <laughs> it was literally short. It felt like it was fast and slow at the same time. I get that. No, no doubt about it. Man, but here we are. Games that matter. I know. Well, it, you're going to get your wish because yes. here we are now. We have games that matter. And uh, I think it's a really good test for Atlanta United straight away. I think there's a lot of mystery about both Atlanta United and Sporting Kansas City coming into the match on Sunday. I think it's a really good opportunity, Jason, with three of Atlanta United's first four matches at home to go out and, and try to get, uh, you know, 12-plus points out of these first four matches. Um, well, you can't get more than 12 out of the first four. I, I guess nine-plus points out of the first four, excuse me. Uh, you know, that's got to be the target line right now. But Atlanta United is – not going to have all of their first choice guys for Sunday, the way it sounds. Sporting, I think we're still kind of waiting to see how it's going to look without Alan Polito. Yeah, they won't um, have their first choice right now either. No. So, um, you know, both teams are going to be tested a little bit in terms of depth. I think Friday will be interesting when we get to roster compliance and we see who both teams are going to roster for these game for this game. But, again, I mean, look, big picture. We're going to have 70,000 people at Mercedes-Benz Stadium to watch MLS on Sunday. And I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be a really, really good match between two teams that I think are in similar spots in their respective conferences right now. Atlanta United might be in a little bit better shape than sporting, again, because we don't know how 
Sporting's going to do with one of their designated players out for the year. But I, I think Sporting has to be considered a top four team in the West. And I think Atlanta United's a top four team in the East. Yeah, I think Atlanta is a little more sure of that position. And it's not all Sporting's fault. I mean, again, the Polito injury wrecks everything. He's a designated player. You can't replace him like for like. Um, they have replacements, but we'll see if they can match what they expected out of Alan Polito. Also in the West, you have Nashville coming to town, and that's going to shift things a bit over there. I think the West is going to be more competitive than it was last year. I think the East might look a little bit like the West last year, where it feels like there are some separation points in the table. Mm-hmm. I think in the East, the top four coming in, in my opinion, feel like they're a cut above the next group. And I think that top four in the East is New England, who won it in the regular season last year, New York City, who won everything last year, and Philadelphia, along with Atlanta. I I feel like those four are a step above the rest of the Eastern Conference. Then there's another gap of likely playoff teams that's about five or so deep. And and then there's the rest. In the West, I don't know how much separation there's going to be. I feel like Seattle is the best team right now on paper. I feel like Nashville is right there with them. If they can take that next step, they can win the West. Portland got to the MLS Cup final last year, but I think there's more questions about Portland on and off the field, to be honest, that could be a distraction for them. I think LAFC is going to be much better, but they have a brand new manager in Steve Terundolo. How is that going to look? And now you're getting, finally, after we've been talking about it, at least on soccer down here all offseason, you're getting the Carlos Vela conversation about, well, is he actually happy? And now it sounds like it's going to be his last year in Los Angeles, no matter what. Um, LA Galaxy are going to be better. Adding Douglas Costa, hopefully a, a full season of Chicharito healthy. Colorado, Sporting are the two that finished in the top three last year that both have questions up front. Mm-hmm. Colorado needs a number nine in the worst way. It showed in their CONCACAF Champions League opener. Sporting Kansas City needs Kyrie Shelton to be what Alan Polito could have been. And it doesn't have to be purely in goals scored. I think Kyrie Shelton is a guy who can open the game up for two outstanding wingers in Daniel Shallowy and Johnny Russell, who had 31 goals between them last year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Nashville moving to the West, that's a really good point. I think Nashville could immediately go into the West and be a top two team in that conference. I I think Seattle and Nashville are the top two over there. But it wouldn't shock me if this season came to an end and Atlanta and Sporting were same place in their respective tables. You know, I I wouldn't be shocked if this season ended with Atlanta United third and Sporting third um, at the end of the regular season. Now, how they get from here to there could be totally different. But I think it's going to be a really intriguing matchup. It's two two clubs who have had sustained success, two very well-coached clubs. I think the the Peter Vermes-Gonzalo Pineda matchup is going to be really, really fun to watch. Uh, You've got a lot of veteran players in this league who are going to go up against each other, and it's all against the backdrop of 70,000 fans at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Why don't we start with some of the things that we learned from training today. Uh, Atlanta United did have a portion of its training open to the media, and we learned that Brooks Lennon is training right now, but uh, right now Marcelino Moreno is not. Santiago Sosa is not, still working on his visa. Tiago, or green card, excuse me. 
Tiago Almada is not, still working on his visa. Darren Eels' update on that from yesterday on Dukes and Bell on 92.9. The game did not sound overly optimistic about Almada being able to play at least this week, if not much uh, beyond that. Uh, Abara not there today, still dealing with visa or a green card, excuse green me. Card only green card. Um, so, you know, the way it's looking right now, Jason, is I, I think the group that started in Birmingham this past Sunday is going to be the group that's going to start this Sunday against Sporting Kansas City. And uh, that's probably going to mean starts for George Campbell, Ozzy Alonzo, and Tyler Wolf. And I think they'll be up for it, but that's not necessarily what we envisioned a month ago when training camp began for this team. Yeah, I, I think the visa situation is a big talking point around the league for uh, a lot of teams. And Sporting Kansas City is, is dealing with it as well. Uh, their new striker coming in, Vunjevic, is not available as of yet. He's not in Kansas City. Uh, Shionis, the Cypriot winger, uh, arrived yesterday or Monday in Kansas City. He just got his visa. So this is an issue league-wide. Um, Almada not being available. We, we talked about it after the signing. We talked about it after the, the time in Mexico that this was a very strong possibility because everybody's dealing with it. Um, Brooks Lennon back in training is good. I don't think he, he comes straight back into the team. He's got to build his fitness back up. And Ronald Hernandez has been very good in January and February. So I think he gets the start at right back. We'll, we'll go into a predicted lineup, at least where I'm at today. This could definitely change by the end of the week and by game time. But where I'm at today, we'll get into that here in just a second. Tyler Wolf has played throughout the preseason with the first group. I think with Moreno not training yet, it's a no-brainer for Wolf to get the opportunity and get the start. Pressing has been very good from him. I didn't think he had a great game in Birmingham. I thought he had better games in preseason than that one, but he has had some good performances in preseason, and I think he fits the way this team wants to play right now. Coming inside, leaving room for Andrew Gutman, pressing up high, creating turnovers. He's got to pick out that final ball a little bit quicker. He can start to do that. He might be trying to keep a starting lineup spot. Get ready for those kinds of conversations because if Wolf, Alonzo, and Hernandez play well and play multiple games and play well, it's going to be harder to displace them when other guys get in. That's a good thing. That's a sign of a good team. But that might give Gonzalo Pineda some headaches at times because he's going to have some guys who expect to be playing who might not be able to just walk into the lineup because the guys who have taken advantage of this door being open have kept it open. And I think Hernandez right now is the real key to that with the preseason he's had. Alonzo, look, we know he's not going to start 34 games. At 36 years old, he started 15 last year. I had the cap at about 15 starts, 1,500 minutes or so this season. Depending on how long it takes Sosa to get up to full speed, that might go up a little bit but not by a lot because you want him to be ready to go at the end. So if he has to start, get a break in the summer for a while. Sosa plays a lot of those minutes and then be ready to go in big games late, either off the bench or for spot starts here and there or starting next to Sosa because that can work too. You want to keep Alonzo fresh. Hernandez right now is the major beneficiary of injuries in preseason and Wolf needs to take advantage of the opportunity and keep Moreno recovering and 
yeah, Almada's going to then come in and probably walk into the lineup, but Wolf needs to make it difficult for him. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to put your um, Atlanta um, graphic up? Yeah. Because I think it'd be a little bit fun to not only look at how we're projecting the lineup for Sunday, but I actually think we can go a step further and even pick the bench. And I think the bench is going to be kind of an interesting discussion as well for Sunday. Yeah, uh, this is where I'm at right now with things. Um, lineup is the same as what we saw on Sunday. Uh, four three three, and and look, don't get hung up on where people are. And well, I would think Mateo Sosetu might be further up. Don't don't worry about that. It's going to be very fluid in, in the three man midfield. But Amar Sadich played excellently on Sunday. I think he gets another opportunity here. Araujo on the right, Wolf on the left. Both will cut inside plenty. Joseph Martinez up top. Gutman, Robinson, Campbell, Hernandez across the back line. Brad Kazan in goal. Um, comments, you know, the, the Lennon-Moreno injured. Well, we know Lennon's at least training. That's a step in the right direction. Visa for Almada. Sosa and Ibarra on green cards. Alan Franco suspended. You'd think he'd be back next week. But again, if George Campbell plays really well, then maybe Alan Franco doesn't walk straight back in. George Campbell wants to make that difficult. Um, things to look for? Look, Atlanta's going to want the ball. They're going to base everything around having the ball. The counter-pressing has been outstanding in preseason. The pressure when the ball turns over is so key. I think Osvaldo Alonso's veteran leadership is going to be a really big key against a team in Kansas City that also wants the ball and wants to play with the ball, and that's how they base everything on. And look, from Sunday, you don't get anything better going into opening day than Joseph Martinez getting a couple of goals. You want to get him hot. I think finishing the preseason with a game that Atlanta United was expected to win against an opponent who was only two and a half weeks into their preseason, I think that was very intentional by Carlos Bocanegra and Gonzalo Pineda to build the confidence and build the momentum going into the opener. So if I'm picking a bench then, because I agree, that I this is going to be the lineup based on what we know right now. Where it stands today, yeah. It could change it between now and kickoff. Then my guess on the bench is going to be, uh, uh, it's 20 still, right? Not 18, still yeah, 20. It's so, uh, allegedly, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> heard a lot of things from the commissioner yesterday that supposedly will be announced very shortly. And um, one of them has to do with whether or not we have to COVID test. Uh, but anyhow, that's uh, behind the curtain. Um, Shuttleworth. <laughs> yes. To John, you need another center back. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll say Brooks makes the, the match day 20. Brooks. Okay, we'll put him there for now. Yeah. Caleb Wiley. Yep. Uh, Dwyer. Yep. So who else? That's five and sixteen. Five more. Um, Need four more. Four more. I would go with. I think Centeno's there. I think McFadden is there. No, McFadden's got to get signed. He he okay. can't be there. McFadden is not there. Centeno is there. Maybe. Okay. Well, go ahead. You you tell me then. I'm trying to think. Um, See, that's where I'm at. Like. You know, assuming Moreno is out, assuming Almada, Sosa, and Abara are out, and Franco is out, then I think just numbers alone, I mean, you could be down to, and I'm not saying this in a derogatory way, but uh, you might have to have Centeno. Uh, I don't think Mulraney's ready to go based on what we saw and heard on, on Sunday. 
That's a so, question. So Joel is a question one. as well. I don't think Joel. I I I mean, again, I don't know. Uh, I know he was in the building on Sunday, yeah. and so was Marcelino Moreno, by the way. I mean, yeah. Atlanta United took pretty much the entire team, uh, even the guys who weren't going to play. So that, that's my thing. Like, I, I almost wonder, um, can they fill out a 20 for Sunday without yeah, I mean, making a roster move? Look, we can go through what's there right now. Um, other guys we have not mentioned that are rostered, but remember there's going to be some loans to Atlanta United too that are going to need to be season long loans. And I, I think Efrain Morales, Justin Garces will be the two that fit into that. Could always put a third goalkeeper on if you want to. That could be Dylan Castanera. Mikey Ambrose will be on the roster. If you're you're trying to get guys in there, Mikey can play in the midfield if you need it. And that's where it's it's an interesting conundrum because I think central midfield is a position of a lot of depth for Atlanta United, but at the moment it's not. Sosa away. Moreno injured. Heinemann still recovering. Ibadra injured and away. Almada not here yet. Morales, I mean, maybe, but he hasn't played a ton in preseason. He's played a little bit for Atlanta United, too. I don't know if he's on the bench because I think he's probably one that's going to get loaned for roster space. So I think Mikey gets into the team as a potential central midfielder if needed. Mm -hmm. um, on the wings, you know, the Jurgen Dom question is still going to be there. We'd probably get resolution on that on Friday, I would assume, if he's rostered or if there is a buyout there. Um, Centeno is a possibility, and a lot of it's going to depend on what you got to do to be roster compliant. McFadden getting signed to an Atlanta United contract from the twos is a possibility. They just have to do it, and they have to have the roster space to do it. Jackson Conway will probably be on the roster, but he might be another one. He plays a lot for the twos this year. So it's Bryce Washington is the other one that um, that is a possibility as well who could play a lot for the twos, but might not be loaned to the twos for the season. So in the short term, the depth is being hit. In the long term, the depth is good. When you take the depth that we're talking about for this game and you add all of the players that we're talking about with Franco back from suspension, with Almada, with Moreno, with Lennon, you get Jake Mulraney back healthy. You get Machokchol back healthy. You've got a ton of depth. Right now, you just have a lot of things all at once. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's the situation for Atlanta United. Meanwhile, Sporting Kansas City, let's take a look at their graphic, Jason, because yeah. there's some questions about them as well. We know they'll only play with two designated players this year. Uh, and as Jason said, they're having some visa problems as well. So both teams are going to be very stretched on Sunday. Yeah, here's what I know about Kansas City at this point in the midweek. Uh, Gaddy Kenda is out injured. He had a, a knee scope cleanup kind of deal. He's out for the first month, maybe a little bit more. That's going to hurt them in the midfield. Uh, Nikola Vunjevic, visa issue. He's not here yet. Uh, Marianos Shonis has just arrived on Monday from Cyprus. Sporting Kansas City wants the ball. Everything's based on the ball. Peter Vermes has always looked for those Barcelona, La Masia graduates. He's got a couple in the lineup here. Everything's based on them having the ball. When they don't have much of the ball, they struggle. And we saw that in the postseason against RSL, who we didn't expect to win the possession battle. They did, and Kansas City struggles to play off of the ball. Kyrie Shelton, he's not Alan Polito in terms of goal-scoring production, but he creates space for others, and his pressing is elite. He is a top-notch presser, and he keys everything with that. 
Vermes loves him. So Shelton is going to get every opportunity to be the regular number nine. This week, he's the number nine with Vunjevic not even there yet. 31 goals from wingers in 2021. Shallowy had 16. Russell had 15. They come inside. They score goals. It's not like Atlanta where your primary goal scorer is your nine. Your nine for Kansas City facilitates a lot of things with his movement. It's the wingers coming inside who score a lot of the goals. I've got Cam Duke in the starting lineup here. Peter Vermes has praised him a lot in preseason. Uh, said he's made the, the jump, the leap from being a young player who was kind of on the edges of the squad and had some good moments to a guy that they might be able to count on this season. Um, the midfield's a little bit of a question because they have a few different guys who could fit into those central midfield spots. Felipe Hernandez is back from a, a suspension last year for gambling. He went through treatment. Um, he is back. He is a very explosive kind of player who doesn't have a ton of MLS experience, but I've seen him a lot with Sporting Kansas City too. Very good player with 13 goals, 13 assists in his USL championship days. And he started last season really well, a goal and two assists in the first six games before that suspension. Uh, Jake Davis is somebody who has played a lot with Sporting Kansas City too. He's 20 years old. Can he force his way into the lineup? Um, Roger Espinoza, they brought back for another year. He's 35 years old, but he played 32 games last year. Does he factor into this group? I've got Jose Mauri in it. Remy Walter could be a starter as well. I'm kind of taking a little bit of, of my cues from Vermes and how much he's praised Duke, that Duke might get the opportunity here, but it could be Walter. It could be Espinoza. That three-man midfield is the biggest question for me with Kansas City. And if you're looking for something for Atlanta, Kansas City struggles against counters. They struggle against fast attacks. Three of the four on the back line, with the exception of Ndenbe, who is new and, and very fast. Fontas, Nicholas Isimant Marin, and Graham Zussi are all over 30. So pace is not something this back line is blessed with, and it's something Atlanta can attack. Well, it's funny you say that because on the Twitch pitch, Christopher Abel asked if there was anything Atlanta could do enough offensively to beat Sporting. He doesn't worry about Atlanta defensively, especially with Polito out, but he wants to know, do they have enough in the attack to win? And does SKC have any weak links in the back? And I think you just identified some weak links. Yeah, I think the biggest weak link is just how they play without the ball. And look, these are both two teams that want the ball. These are two of the leading possession teams in MLS from last year. And I think Atlanta is built better to play without the ball than Kansas City. I think it's something that Gonzalo Pineda has worked on. He wants the ball, but if they don't have it, they're not lost. And I think Kansas City at times can be. Um, and you look at a defender like Andrea Fontas, who is such a unique player in this league. Fontas set a bunch of records last year in MLS as a passer. And this is in the, the Opta era where everything's being tracked. He set MLS records for touches, passes, successful passes. He led the league in progressive passing distance, passes into the final third, progressive carrying distance so on the dribble, pass targets, so being targeted for passes from his teammates. He's a center back who's doing this. That's usually the kind of numbers and conversation we're having about a holding midfielder who's in possession. This is Fontas, a center back who does that. Now, Physically, he's not the strongest. He's not the fastest. 
But on the ball, he's a perfect fit for what Kansas City wants to do. If you don't give, if you don't give them the ball, he's nowhere near as effective as you would think. Um, his partner, who only played 11 games last year, and that's one of the big questions for them, uh, Isimat Mirin, the 30-year-old Frenchman, had a bunch of injuries. He does have pretty good pace, but can he stay healthy? And that's just the unknown. Graham Zusi, great going forward, not a great defender at this stage of his career. So the matchup I like for Atlanta to exploit Kansas City is Luis Araujo on Atlanta's left. Or no, sorry. Um, he might move over. I'll be curious to see if this happens. It's something we saw in preseason where Araujo would start on the right but move over to the left midway through the first half. Running at Graham Zusi running at Graham Zusi on Kansas City's right side. Maybe Wolf starts on that side, and Araujo starts to drift over and drift over, and they switch, and it opens the game up. I'd be really curious to see if Pineda tries to create that matchup. Do you want to keep going with the Twitch pitch? We've got a yeah, lot of questions and let's topics. Emilio wants to know, what's the injury to Moreno? Don't know. I, I've not been told. Um Believe he was stepped on ahead of the Georgia Storm match in preseason. Um, I saw when I was in Guadalajara, uh, he was on the side on the exercise bike. So he was working out, but he was not participating in training. Um, he's been part of everything in preseason, but he hasn't played. And I guess he hasn't trained much in in team training. So I don't know. I don't know if it's still related to that or if there's something else. We were told in Birmingham on Sunday that uh, Moreno was close, uh, which yeah. is why I was a little surprised that he did not train today. Yeah, we were um, told the same with Lennon, and he did jump in. Yeah. They made a video showing that he had returned to training. So, Yeah, uh, it, it's a mystery, Emilio. Uh, we, we don't know specifically, and uh, Pineda will speak, I think, Friday. I'm sure the question will be put to him. But at this point, I'd be very surprised if he plays on Sunday, just the way things are trending right now. Yeah. Uh, how powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Uh, Eddie Lee Pritchett wants to know, will the game be on Sirius XM Sunday? I don't think so. Uh, they have not reached out to us, so I don't believe so. I don't know if they have Premier League. Sunday afternoon or not, but uh, eh, they might. I'm not sure the schedule yeah. off the top of my head, but, but you can get uh, it on the Odyssey app. That's right. Yes, you don't need Sirius XM. You can use Odyssey for free anywhere in the country. Um, okay, Nick Tool wants to know what are our Eastern Conference rankings from one to fourteen? Oh, I don't do it one to fourteen. That, that's a little too hard to do at this point. I'll give you groups tiers it's something matt doyle does with with his predictions that i really like kind of grouping them by teams that are roughly at the same level so let's let's go through the east we'll do them in i'll do them in three groups the contenders to win which i already told you the the top four contenders to win the east in the regular season the next group that are competing for the remaining playoff spots and then the last group that is the that is just there sorry um Atlanta, New York City, New England, and Philly are the elite group, in my opinion. They are the top four. That is the main group of teams. The next group, we'll run through everybody, fit them into B or C. Montreal, I think, is in the B group. I think they can make a, make the playoffs for sure. Uh, they're in CONCACAF Champions League tonight. They're 1-0 down to Santos Laguna. They've got to turn that around at the Big O. Um, I think they're a very solid team. I don't know if they're guaranteed to be a playoff team this year. They're in the B group for me. Charlotte's in the C group. I just It's going to take them half the year to figure things out. Um, Miguel Angel Ramirez told you how he felt about where things are right now. I mean, it's it's not – I don't think he's exaggerating. They, they are very small in numbers at the moment, and in certain positions they don't have enough to really start guys in their natural position. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, but they're in the C group until – they prove it otherwise. Chicago is a tricky one. I'll put Chicago and Toronto both in this kind of almost in between because a lot of hype, right? With Shakiri coming into Chicago, with Insigne coming in in the summer to Toronto, a lot of talk, a lot of big expectations. I've got bigger questions about both of those teams. I mean, you get two top players coming in. They need people they can play with. And I think Toronto's got Pasuelo, but losing Marky Delgado, the back line has a lot of question marks on it. They're going to be converting Jaquiel Marshall Rudy to a right back. He's played on the wing. That's been one of the big conversations here this week is that they see him as a potentially elite level right back. Well, he's he's got no experience there, so that's going to take some time. Um, he's going to make some mistakes. They don't have a lot of depth in their defensive side of their team. I think Toronto has more work to do, reportedly linked to a former Italian national team player today. So we'll see if maybe that helps. But he's 35. 
35-year-old defenders coming to MLS for the first time. Usually not what I put my stock in. Just right. saying. Chicago, they needed to change. They they needed the big buzz from making a big signing. Totally agree with, with the moves they've made, but they got to do more. I don't think Shakiri is going to fix everything on his own. I'll put both of them right in between B and C right now. So I think I think they're incomplete. Uh, Columbus, Caleb Porter spoke to the media yesterday and said they're going to have to grind out results this year. That kind of surprised me. You know, I don't think of Columbus as that kind of a team. I, I look at Lucas Zellerion as one of the best players in the league. Jossie's artist, one of the best strikers in the league. They can score goals, but Porter saying maybe they can't. They got to be better defensively. I don't know if they've gotten a whole lot better defensively. We'll see. Um, I think they're a B-level team. I think they can make the playoffs. They should have last year if they hadn't completely forgotten how to score goals for a while when Jossie's artist was injured. Then before Barry got going, I, I, I think they're a B. I don't think they're a guaranteed playoff team. DC United, I do not think is a playoff team right now. I think they are going to miss Paul Areola in a big way. I think they're going to miss Kevin Paredes in a big way. Uh, I'm not buying into their new striker yet, and I don't know what that means for Ola Kamara. I don't see them playing two up top. I think their system is interesting, but I don't know if they have the players to necessarily make the most of it. I think they're in the C group. I think Cincinnati's in the C group, but I think they'll be more competitive. I just want to see Pat Noonan. Are they going to be Philadelphia light? Are they going to be Philadelphia with more of the ball? Are they going to be a copycat of Philadelphia with Noonan coming from Jim Curtin's coaching staff, Chris Albright coming from the Philadelphia front office? They'll be better, but they're not a playoff team yet. I, I don't think so. I Miami, I don't think so, but I feel a little bit better about them potentially sneaking into the postseason than some of the others we've talked about. They made the moves they had to make. They had to get younger. They had to get a little more frugal because of the penalties that they have, because of uh, the wild spending they did with 27 designated players to start their, their season. I'm kidding. I'm exaggerating a little bit. Um, they've got – they had work to do. They've done pretty good work. I think what Chris Henderson's done is really impressive. But you are – dealing with restrictions in your cap. So that's going to hurt you to a degree. And they've got a lot of young guys. Uh, mentioned New England, mentioned NYC. I think the Red Bulls are a playoff team. I think they're at the top of the, the second group. Um, they've had a really big week in the additions they've made, even though Gerhard Struber said today that, hey, they had other guys they wanted to go get. They didn't. They weren't able to get everything that he wanted. Getting Tom Edwards back, getting Lucinius, two really good additions in the last week of preseason. They're good enough to make the playoffs. I thought Struber did a really good job with what he had to work with last year. Can he take the next step with that group? I think potentially he can. So I think they're they're solidly a playoff team. I think Orlando's solidly a playoff team, but maybe right below the Red Bulls in that B group. I'm not sold on Cara yet, the new striker. Uh, Facundo Torres has to adapt to a new league. Can he do that? We will find out. He's incredibly talented. And that back line, I think, is all right. I don't think it is top four level in the East. I don't think it's quite good enough there. Unless Pedro Galese has a, a year for the ages and bails them out a lot, I think that back line's got some holes. Um, Philadelphia, I told you, is in the A group, and Toronto is right in between. If they continue to find ways to spend and don't pull a Miami and break the rules in doing it, then, yeah, they can get into the playoffs. But they're going to need to hang around in the first half. And that's going to be hard to do with what they have to work with to start the season. 
Yeah, um, it, it, just a couple thoughts. I'm going to try to go one through 14, uh, although I think the way, <laughs> the way you did it is probably safer. Because uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to protect my my safety. Yeah, here. Uh, I think the teams that will gain the most points year over year, okay. as far as teams that will improve their point total the most year like over that. year, uh, Toronto, Cincinnati, and Chicago. Maybe not necessarily in that order, but I think those are the three teams that will will gain the most points year over year. I think the teams that will lose the most points year over year will be New England just because, I mean, yes. they could be at 60 and still lose 16 points year over year. Uh, I don't see New England duplicating what they did last year. Uh, I think they'll be very good, but I, I don't see them up there. Uh, I think New England – and um, D.C. are the teams that will probably lose the most yep. year over year. And I, I, I paused for a moment because I'm stuck on Montreal a little and where they might kind of stack up year over year because Montreal was right there at the line uh, this past season. I don't think they're a playoff team this year. Uh, Six. They, they missed it by two points last yeah. year. That I mean, might I, be I, about I, what they are is 46. Yeah. It's just going to depend on where the line is. Yeah, so this is how I see it. I think Philadelphia is number one. Um, okay. I think Philly would have been in the cup final had they not gotten their COVID outbreak when they did. I, I agree with that, yeah. Um, Philly is number one. Uh, I'll put New York City number two. I, I honestly, I do believe in them. Uh, the fact that Tati Castellanos is still there, I believe in them. I think they're going to be incredibly difficult to beat at home when they yeah. have home matches at Yankee Stadium. So I'll put New York City number two. I think New England will be number three. I think My one be... question on New York City is yeah. I do think Tati will get sold in the summer. At some and, point, yeah. And yes. is Eber going to be able to be the Eber that we saw before? If he is, they're fine. And yeah. number two, I think, is doable. If well, he's but... not, they're going to struggle to be two. I think they'll be in the top four. By that point, Eber will have had two years to get yeah. right. So yeah, he should I'm, be. I'm going to bet on that occurring. Yep. So Philly, New York City, I think New England's third. I think New, New England will have a great year. I think they'll be up around 60 points, which is an outstanding year, but I don't think they're at 76. No. Um, I'll put Atlanta four. I'll put Orlando five. That's pretty much where they were last year. Atlanta yep. was five. Orlando was six. Um, no, I'm sorry. I have that wrong. Atlanta was four. Orlando was five, right? No, Atlanta was five. Orlando was six. Okay. Right. Red Bulls were seven. Red Bulls were seven. Okay, so again, Philly, New York City, New England, Atlanta, Orlando, my top five. I think Columbus climbs to six. Um, I'm I'm just I'm a believer in Columbus. I, I think Miguel Barry primed for a very, very good year this year. Zellerion, as you mentioned, really good playmaker. They've got to stay healthy. I think Columbus had a lot of momentum at the end of last season. Uh, I'll put Red Bull seven. I agree. They're a playoff team. And I do think five through seven in the East is going to be pretty tight, pretty compact. Yeah. Um, eight, I will go Toronto. And I think Toronto might start very slowly. They will. But once Insigne gets in there, once they get a little more comfortable with Bob Bradley, I think Toronto's going to be decent. Uh, I will put Chicago nine. I agree with the questions that you have on them. I think there's a lot of mystery to them. But I do think they'll be improved. I think Cincinnati will be very improved under Pat Noonan, but still not quite there yet. I put them 10th. 
Um, and then 11th, I would probably put uh, DC. I, I agree. I think DC takes a major, major drop uh, just as, as they kind of reload. Uh, 12 would be... Oh, boy. Who, Charlotte's 14, so i got to come yeah. up with 12 and 13. Who am I leaving out? Who have I not mentioned yet? Uh, oh, Miami. Miami is 13. Miami is 13. Okay. Um, I, I, so, I'll disagree with you there. I think Miami will be pushing closer to seven. Okay. And then whoever I didn't mention is 12. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's how I see it. Uh, so, yeah, that's a fun question, Nick. Thanks a lot. I, I do think it's going to be tight. I think there is a lot of parity in this league. I think probably 26 of the 28 teams of this league could all make the playoffs. Um, so it's going to be a fun season. I think we're going to have a lot of close matches. Uh, Lukna says, Savage looked very impressive in person against Birmingham. I don't know how he looked from the live stream, but in person he looked to dominate. I know it's an inferior opponent, but he did what was asked for and more. And I agree. I thought Savage... Uh, that's about as well as he's played in an Atlanta United shirt, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I like Amar Sadich as a player a lot. Um, he was somebody that I was really excited when that trade was announced. I thought it was a good get because he's he's versatile in that central midfield. He can play as the six if he needs to, and we saw that some last year. He can play as a 10. It's not his best role, but he's a good passer. And he can play in the role that we saw on Sunday where – you know, it was a little bit of a six and two eights kind of deal. And, and that's why, like, I grouped it like I did on, on this graphic with not really a pure, like, two holding and one in front. I, I think when it's this kind of a configuration and you could put Ibarra on for Sadich or Hosechu in this kind of a setup, it's a little bit of a six and, and two eights. But that means you see the space in front of Sadich and Hosechu and behind Joseph, there's an opportunity to jump into that, whether it's Hosechu jumping up there and dropping the back heel like he did for Joseph on the, the, the first goal for Joseph Martinez, or it's Wolf or Adaruju cutting into that space or Sadich popping up into that space. It makes it difficult for, in, in this case on this Sunday, Uri Rossell, who I think will be the holding midfielder for Kansas City, you know, if he doesn't have anything to do in that space, but he doesn't know which player is going to pop up in his area, that's difficult to defend. Mm -hmm. I, I really think, and Sadich is a big part of this for this Sunday, if Atlanta has 55% of the ball or better, they win. Uh, that's the magic number for me because yeah. I just don't think Kansas City can play as well without the ball. I don't think they're strong enough defending without the ball. They can press, they can counter press, but if they don't have the the possession, Russell, Fontas, they kind of get found out a little bit in those those situations. So if Atlanta can keep the ball and Sadich is an excellent passer, they can make it really difficult for Kansas City on Sunday. I thought Sadich was was great in Birmingham. Shiva was listening to Darren Eels on the radio yesterday and noticed that he did not really mention Marcelino Moreno's name when talking about Atlanta's attack. So she wants to know how involved do we think Marcelino will be this year in Atlanta United's attack? Incredibly involved. I, I would not try to read between the lines on that. Um, that would be pretty shocking if he wasn't, because I think that attacking quartet is very, very important. And when Moreno's healthy, he will bump 
someone from the lineup again, unless people take advantage of the opportunity. Um, haven't heard of anything else going on or any other reason for that to not be the case. But Marcelino Moreno, again, he's been in, he's been around everything in preseason. And I think if it was a situation where he wasn't going to be involved, because if he's playing, he's going to be involved. If he's healthy, he's going to be playing. If he's playing, he's going to be very involved in that attack. If he wasn't expected to be that, he wouldn't have made the trip to to Mexico. He wouldn't have made the trip to Birmingham. You know, he, he's he's very involved in everything happening right now. He just hasn't been able to train. So I think Darren's answer was probably more geared to the short term rather than the whole season. And I, I wouldn't try to find an extra meaning in it. John Roper wants to know, what are the twos up to this weekend? Uh, they play on Saturday in a preseason game at the training ground behind closed doors. Uh, I think it is South Georgia Tormenta that, that's coming up for that one. Um, the twos still have had a few guys on trial. They've had a bunch of academy guys kind of filtering through. I think they're trying to finalize what their internal group will look like outside of the first team. Um, like I said, I, I think Friday when we get the the roster decisions for the year, we'll probably find out that Justin Garces is going to be loaned to the twos. I would expect that he would play the bulk of the games um, along with Vicente Reyes. Uh, Dylan Castanero will probably get a game. Bobby Shuttleworth might get a game or, or two, depending. But I, I think generally Garces will be the number one for Atlanta United too. I think Efrain Morales will be loaned to the twos. He's got to play. He's got to get healthy. He's got to get just consistency and going. When he's played in short bursts, he's looked really good. As a holding midfielder, by the way, not a center back. I think that was maybe a projection early on because of his height. I think his game, he's a six. He is kind of like Maron Fellaini, if you want to go back to a comparison. A very large number six. But Efrain Morales is very good on the ball. Good defender, but very good on the ball. I, I like him in a six role. He's just got to play a lot of games. He's got to be able to play 90s consistently. Um, I think Eric Centeno will play a lot for the twos this year. I don't know if he gets loaned permanently for the season or what, but I think he'll play a lot there because he has no pro experience yet. So, you know, one year at the University of the Pacific, I think he's got to get those games under his belt. That'll be big for him to work with the second group. Um, Bryce Washington will probably play a decent bit for the twos. Maybe not at the very beginning uh, as we're kind of sorting things out. I don't think he'll be with the twos on Saturday, for example. I think he'll probably be part of the first team roster. But Washington will get a number of games for the twos. Uh, Noah Cobb, somebody we've seen in preseason, a good bit. Really excited to see his year for the twos. Um, Caleb Wiley might get a few games for the twos, but maybe less than I would have thought when he was signed. He's had a really good preseason. Jackson Conway, I think, will get a good number of games for the twos. I think he'll need them. And I think if he gets the bulk of the games for the twos, which is a possibility, he needs double-digit goals. I think that's the kind of mark that you're looking to set for Jackson Conway this year. If he plays over 20 games for Atlanta United 2, he needs over 10 goals. I think that's the kind of year that you're looking for. And you sign Dom Dwyer, so Jackson Conway doesn't sit the bench and not play very much this year. He needs to go with the twos and, and play a good bit. He might be one. I don't know if he gets loaned for the year, but he might be one who plays on Saturday with Atlanta United too to build up that confidence and build up that continuity. Uh, Bern Dursberger says one thing that Atlanta United might be able to do on Sunday when Alonzo comes out is move Campbell to a holding midfield position and bring Alex to John in as a center back. Yeah, they could if Alonzo has to come out. Um, 
he's looked really good in preseason. I haven't been worried about fitness. I haven't been worried about anything. I'm worried about the long haul of the season and not having him start and play 90s a whole lot. But early on, yeah, I think he can give you that for a while. But if if for some reason he can't or you feel like, yeah, I might want to get to like I might want to pair him up with somebody, you could move Campbell into that role and DeJon can step in. And I think that's the 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 benefit of having a veteran like Alex DeJohn who when he is called upon can step into a role and do the job that's needed. Is he a starter at this level? Probably not. But is he a guy that can be very valuable for a season? Yeah, I think he can. And I think Burns, right. That could be a situation where Campbell plays in the midfield a little bit. I, it's not his position. I, I know at times some people wanted to talk about him playing a lot more as a holding midfielder. Now nah, he's a center back. But can he give you some of that in the holding midfield? Yeah, in a pinch, he can. Uh, Christopher Abel brings up that Tyler Wolf might be able to play centrally to allow Centeno to play wide. I just don't think Centeno's quite ready for to be thrown in like that. Um, I don't know if he's done enough to show that. I, I think you're better off if you're if you're looking at that to try to figure out what it looks like. I'd rather have a Marsadic in the team than Eric Centeno. If I've got to make that decision, that's the decision I would make. Is I want Sadich on, so that means Wolf will play wide. That means you're playing three central midfielders. Sadich and Hosechu got to pop up and occupy that space some, but also it's free for Wolf and Araujo to cut inside. But yeah, I, I don't think Centeno gets that opportunity just yet. So a couple questions about uh, just injury timelines and progress points of those who are injured. Uh, Wooknaw wants to know specifically about Emerson Hindman. So maybe we go through this one by one. Yeah. Can. yeah. Uh, Hindman is training with the team. We know that. And he Some was in least, Birmingham yeah. on Sunday. Uh, yeah. And and you bring up a great point. I, I don't think we know to what extent yeah. Hindman is like full go. And I, I think it's really important just to remind everyone, Emerson Hindman suffered his torn ACL in July. Yeah, You know, the fact that we're even talking about him training right now with the team is um, pr- a pretty good thing, honestly. Really good. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to say that means he's ahead or behind because everyone's yeah. timetable is different. But as far as ACL injuries are concerned, uh, Heinemann seems to be on a faster track than, say, Joseph Martinez was yeah. last year. Okay. But can, can he play anytime soon? Don't know. No. Uh, we know I, that. I, I wouldn't say that he's that close. Um, even training with the team some, he hasn't played in any preseason. Um, I don't think he's going to start popping up on the bench and, and playing immediately. And Look, maybe maybe we're surprised, but my guess is they'll continue to bring him along slowly. Maybe he'll get some time with Atlanta United too early on to get some games under his belt, get some minutes under his belt before he factors into the first team. So I, I think he's probably still a month away from factoring into first team games. And that's probably being a little optimistic. Uh, as far as Lennon, obviously we know he's back training. We were told Sunday he's close. Moreno again, like we said earlier, we don't really know what yeah. the injury is, but we were told Sunday he was close. Yeah. Uh, Mulraney's dealing with something. I don't know what it is. Uh, we haven't seen Mulraney much at all in the right at the end of the time well a couple things so Mulraney was getting a green card 
So he went to Guadalajara the first weekend down there. So he missed the first couple of days. He was on the same flight. So I, I know when okay. he arrived. Um, Mulraney played in that game against Celaya and played really well, had a nice goal, and he'd only been there for a couple of days. He trained for at least the first part of the next week. Um, and then we were told uh, the day of the Chivas and Tepetitlan games that he had been injured. So it, it would have been pretty recent to that, and we haven't seen him since. So a little over a week, maybe a week and a half today yeah. of, of injury time for him. The first part of preseason, he was away. He was working on his own, but he was getting his green card sorted out. The guys who were injured against Chivas, uh, Abara, we don't know. Timeline, we don't know. Yeah, um, I, I got the sense that Ibarra was closer, but not available. And that's why he's in Argentina getting his green card, because exactly. he can't play anyway. So it's a good time to go ahead and get it. Chol, maybe less close than Ibarra. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think they knew exactly with Chol yet. And that's that was the one that I couldn't tell what the injury was. I was more worried about Chol than Ibarra watching it. And... Chol's reaction worried me because he seemed really distressed when he got hurt. So uh, I, I was more worried about like a knee or, or something in that realm that it might be some time, but I don't know. We and, and we didn't really get an answer on that one over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, Sosa has not played in the preseason. Uh, I get the sense that um, it was good timing for him to yeah. go work on his green card if he wasn't able to play on Sunday. Well, Sosa's um, coming back from sports hernia surgery. Um, right. Not as long of an absence as, as Heinemann, but wasn't expected to be full go by opening day. Um, he was in Guadalajara, and he was working. He was working on the side. So he was he was working on the side, but differently, at least the day that I was there for training. Yeah. Um, running, which is good. Right. So, right. you know, where he's at in terms of joining in with the team, I don't know. I don't know if he's around the same time frame as Emerson or not. But he wasn't – he's probably about where we thought he would be right now, is, is my guess. Yeah, and I don't think we've left anyone out. Dom is a non-injury, and I don't think Dom's going to play for Atlanta United this year. No. I mean, look, the, the roster compliance thing is Friday. They can buy out his contract and remove him from the roster and remove him from the cap. You get one of those before the season starts. It's basically a start-over card with, with that situation now. It's kind of weird for, for Jurgen in that case because he's under an MLS contract and he would basically go through the waiver process, is my understanding. And I would expect somebody would grab him. I, I would mm -hmm. think, and I, I've said it before and talked about Charlotte and Wingers. Well, they need some and I they have the cap space. They could make it work. Now, they might not have the international roster spots because that's a huge issue for them. But I would assume somebody will pick him up, but I do not think he's with Atlanta United this season. Speaking of uh, Charlotte, John wants to know what's up with Charlotte pushing their home game against Atlanta back a day. And just to clarify, that was not a Charlotte decision. Yeah. That was an ABC decision. I know there are a lot of people very upset about it because a lot of people have yeah, already booked hotels and, and everything. And I get it. It, it get stinks. It. This is not the first time the league has done this. Uh, there was a road match at Minnesota that was supposed to be played on Easter Sunday. And then right before uh, they moved it to the night before for TV reasons. And a lot of people had plans fouled up about that. It's one of the perils in booking travel.
for a road match. Uh, fortunately, in this case, I hope a lot of people are not holding the bag on flights and they were just planning yeah. on driving up to Charlotte right. uh, as opposed to flying. Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. And and look, at in some parts of the world, in some leagues, it happens a whole lot more where games get rescheduled because of advancing in cup competitions or uh, international competitions and you're dealing with much smaller countries so it's easier to reshuffle that kind of stuff here it's something that mls you know has done i don't think they do it all that often again i don't think charlotte wanted to move this it goes from an espn game to an abc game which is good for the league good for everything hopefully people can reshuffle to instead of being there saturday afternoon to be there sunday afternoon yeah, it's also on against the final round of the Masters. Um, so it, what are you going to do? I don't uh, know how much crossover there is in that, but yeah, I, I'd like to watch I, both. But I'll, I I'll would think old. in Atlanta there'd be quite a bit. but I, There'll I be some, know. sure. I, there is, but I mean, at some point, MLS has got to schedule what's best for MLS. No, that's true. They go head-to-head head with stuff. They do. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Can't be true. the little brother forever. All right, two more questions before we wrap up. Uh, Luke Nob wants to know, how many MLS games do we expect Wiley to play this year? Oh, good number. Um, I will set the bar at 15. Okay. You go over or under? Over on appearances. Really? I go slightly Uh, under. Because I think he's going to come off the bench quite a bit. Yeah, um, I'm, if he gets a, if he gets in the region of ten, I'm really happy. Are we talking about all competitions or just MLS? I think it was MLS, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, Open Cup would be the other competition. Um, I would expect that he will get a start in Open Cup. I'm really curious to see how Gonzalo Pineda handles the Open Cup. He's yeah. going to take it seriously, but it's still an opportunity to rotate and freshen and give guys a chance who've worked hard in training, especially that first game where you're going to play a, a lower division opponent. So I I would expect Caleb Wiley to start that game for sure. And then maybe more in the tournament as you go. Yeah. Um, I'm bullish on Wiley. I, I think 15 appearances and maybe five or six starts. I'm very, I'm, I'm good with that. If, if he earns, I'm good with that. I'm really yeah. good with that. I, I'm going to put the expectation a little bit lower, but I'm I'm good with that if that happens, if he's earning it. And then Tim wants to know who scores the first goal of the season for Atlanta United. Oh, geez. Um, I will, I mean, obviously the easy uh, top money pick here is Joseph Martinez, right? So I'm going to go in a different direction than that. I'd love to see Joseph get a hat trick on Sunday. Um, in a 3-0 win, but I will go with a different pick and a player that I have said if he plays as well as I think he will and if the team does as well as I think they will, I would I'd put the preseason prediction for Atlanta United second in the East and competing for Supporter Shield. If that happens... I think Luis Araujo is a huge part of it, and I think Luis Araujo could be your guy who gets the first goal. If he doesn't, he gets the first assist. And I think Luis Araujo, if if all that happens, if we're playing the what-if game, I think Luis Araujo is an MVP candidate. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Ronald Hernandez. Wow. Yeah. How does I, it happen? I, uh, I think it is... I think it is a, 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 
play down the middle, a run down the middle, maybe involving Josetu and Joseph, a shot that is saved by Melia but comes out to the right and Hernandez lands at home. Okay. Kind of crashing in. Kind of the same yeah. way he scored in Cincinnati last year. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I'm, um, I'm going with Araujo off of the, the counter pressure. Okay. I, I think they'll catch Kansas City wanting to build out of the back because they will. And I think he will cause a turnover and create a very quick opportunity that he'll bury. We all know Joseph is probably going to score the first goal. I mean, the odds on person, (laughs) yes. We're we're trying to be a little creative around here. Yeah, and I'm trying to just be a little different. That's why I said Hernandez, although some other people in the Twitch pitch were saying that too. Emilio says, Gutman, I could absolutely see that. Yeah. Uh, Look, I wouldn't rule out a little George Campbell, Miles Robinson action on on Sunday as well. Uh, Set pieces, yep. Kansas City does not defend set pieces very well. No, they do not. One thing to keep in mind about SKC, number one in the league last year in goals scored from outside the 18. And it wasn't number one in the league, but like three. It was 10. They had 10 goals from outside the 18 last year. So just something to keep in mind about them. Yeah, I I think keys, I mean, quickly on this, I I think Atlanta's counter pressure is going to be really important um, because Kansas City will try to have the ball and they will try to build up the play out of the back. If Atlanta's counter pressure is effective, they'll break that up. They'll prevent it from happening. I think Araujo is key to that. Uh, defending Kansas City and those wingers coming inside, Hernandez and Gutman are, are going to have a little bit more to deal with defensively than they've had in preseason. I think Osvaldo Alonso is going to need the help of Sadich and Hosechu and maybe both at times to help deal with some of those spaces. And that's going to be really, really important. And I also think it's going to be really important for Joseph Martinez defensively to cut off Andreo Fontas's forward runs. You got to keep him in check. Don't let him carry the ball forward. If Martinez can put the pressure on, Araujo can pinch in and help. Tyler Wolf and his pressure is going to be really important here. If they can prevent Fontas from having as many progressive passes, carrying the ball forward and joining the attack, I think it's a lot more difficult for Kansas City to do what they want to do. But the pressure with the front three, that's probably the number one key coming into this for me. If, if that front three creates turnovers, Atlanta wins the game. All right, Sunday, uh, coverage begins on 92.9, the game at 12 noon. John and Hugh are going to broadcast oh. from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So uh, they'll have the pre-pregame show, if you will. Jason and I will be on at 2.30 for the Five Stripes Countdown. Kickoff will be... I would bet closer to 3.30 because it's an FS1 game, and that's just kind of how they roll. Uh, yeah. And then we'll have the full-time report afterwards for the full hour on 92.9 the game. And uh, there, I know there are still some tickets available, not many, but a few. So uh, if you're thinking about going, it's going to be a great atmosphere, probably uh, the largest crowd for a sporting event in the country this weekend, I would imagine. Uh, so it's a chance for you to be a part of it and a chance to see two teams that I think are going to be in the playoffs this year, Atlanta and Sporting Kansas City, even though Sporting has some maybe bigger questions than Atlanta United. I think they're a playoff team, so it's a good test to begin the season for Atlanta United. Uh, Only the second time they played a home game to open the season the first time was all the way back in 2017, uh, their first match ever against New York Red Bulls. So we will see you on Sunday. Jason and I at 2.30 on 92.9 The Game. And next Wednesday, we'll have a recap of what happened and look ahead to Colorado and our trip out to Denver and the Prairie Dogs and all of that. 
that's coming up next week on Stoppage Time here on Twitch and the 92.9 The Game Facebook page. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 